Welcome, everybody. Uh, Rich and I are doing a holiday-themed episode of Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Okay, holiday. I imagine you want to talk about Secret Santa, but maybe some Hanukkah stuff, maybe some Christmas stuff, birthdays or special occasions, but you're really talking about holiday and how to celebrate the hobby using cards and how cards are involved. You were asking me, I don't think I've ever gotten cards for Christmas, except that Christmas in 1959, when my grandmother brought down this box of between three and 400 Gowdies and play balls, probably closer to 400 now that I think about it, because it was half play balls, maybe a little more than one fourth Gowdies, and then a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. Looking back, the value of the present is determined at the time it was given. Now it looks like an outrageously great Christmas present, the best one I ever got. And so it, it was all downhill from there, Rich. All the well, gifts. You ever get in a box of 400 dowdies and played balls of cards before you were born. In my case, it would have been like early 50s Bowmans and Tops. That would have been wonderful. But to me, it's just the thought of obviously your grandparents knew or were told by your parents. That you were collect that you would buy these cards at the store. You were living in Chicago area, right? At the time. Yeah. We were still in Chicago. It was the year of the Go Go White Sox. They won the pennant for the first time in 40 years that year. Baseball was truly on everybody's mind. I, I shouldn't say everybody, because that's you never use an absolute, but baseball was on 90% of the people's minds in 59 in Chicago. You have a team getting the World Series for the first time in 40 years, and they're exciting and they have a bunch of future Hall of Famers and a bunch of good young players on their team. And then your grandparents discover or had this box of cards that somehow survived everything and gift that to you as a Christmas present. Have you ever gotten a better Christmas present? Same. Yes, we lived in Chicago. My dad had grown up in Chicago. They moved when he was 15 or 16. So probably they were bought in Chicago. I was the oldest grandchild on that side of the family, certainly the oldest grandson, obviously. Very into baseball, still playing Little League baseball at that time. But I don't know, just that was the only time I was there. They didn't mail them to me. They brought them down. Rich, I don't even remember if that was my actual present. That may have just been a bonus box. I probably got a One heck of a bonus, Jen. I'm saying, yeah, we don't have a present for you, but we got this box of old cards that are going to be worth a lot someday. With the time machine, yes. But I was the math guy. The next year, I did my own, not Stratomatic or APA, but I did my own dice baseball game. So I was very into playing the sport, studying the sport, love of the cards, even though 59 was not my biggest collecting year. My biggest collecting year really was 60, which was sixth grade. Sixth, seventh grade is about when most kids in those days stopped collecting. I peaked and really slowed down after that because then I went to different school for seventh grade and it's not as fashionable at that point. Because for years, my holiday gift, when I say it was a wonderful gift, it was a wonderful gift. So don't get me wrong. It's not that they're valuable today, but the Sporting News had a deal where if you signed up for a one-year holiday offering, you'd get the Sporting News, which at the time was still the Bible of baseball, and the Baseball Dope Book. I don't think they could really call it the Dope Book today. The Baseball Guide, the World Series Record Book, and the Baseball Register. You're kidding. And no, it was a great deal. And the book I always enjoyed the most out of all of them was the Baseball Register. The Register, right. Learn so much about players just from reading the Register. I know, but it's like reading a phone book, though, to most people. It's boring. But when you're reading baseball stats and career stats and really seeing, you weren't doing sabermetrics. 
but you were making your own, not assumptions, but your own reviewing how outstanding somebody was. And you could see it all in the register. I was always a numbers guy in 1970, the year after it came out. My birthday present was the 69 Baseball Encyclopedia. You talk about a book I spent hours with. You're right. It took a nerdy person to understand and appreciate all the numbers in that. What's the total sum of prize money or gifts that you've gotten for winning trivia content? Honestly, I've never really, at the Sabre convention, winning team. we didn't get that much. We would get some nice prizes, but it was more to me, just the whole idea of being good at trivia. We were talking about in the value boxes, how most of us knew each other. Really, most of us that were really good at trivia in those days, we all were fine with each other. We liked each other. In fact, sometimes we'd even have trivial sessions late at night. You and I are treating the dollar boxes as a trivia exercise. Because when we're going through, we're trying to recognize something that is arcane or stands out in some way, not a negative way, but here's an overlooked player or here's some other kind of a tougher color or variation or something like that. Like I said, an overlooked player or a set that's more obscure or oddball. I've seen some things you pulled out. You have an encyclopedic knowledge and I'm trying to have an encyclopedic knowledge. You don't win the trivia contest by knowing what everybody else knows. You win the trivia contest by knowing stuff that the other people don't know because you've studied it. You have a really good recall. I think that's what we're doing. I bring them up to every show. And I can either do Wi-Fi if I know the court, or I, I've got the cellular coverage. So I can go into the internet and see if I have a question about a card. But I do that about once a show. If I pick up hundreds of cards, would I even look up one? Sometimes I don't even look up one because I'm thinking, I know this. It's like how you know trivia. I used to be a trivia guy, and then I became an executive. I <laughs> didn't have time to do stuff. I'm still convinced, and this has nothing to do with holidays. I would have had you price for the annual guide of the almanac, maybe a small subset each year, even when you became an executive, just so you would do something totally outside the box, so to speak, of being an executive, something you had done, but something you enjoyed. I didn't want you staying up all night, but if you wanted to price Tito six cards, I would have said, go for it. Just to, this is pre-heart attack. I always liked you pricing something just so you remembered what it was like. Okay, but how would you like it? Just doing a little sliver. The fun of it was the encyclopedic vast coverage that it included. That was the challenge. To take off some frosting off the cake, that seems... I was happy letting you do vintage in the old baseball book for a couple of years. I was thrilled with that. I said, okay, good. I don't have to do this. You can do this. I can do the rest of the book, and I'm just as happy. Because yeah. it was just like, you're doing something you, that, that you really liked. And that was in a weird way a holiday gift to use. I want you to do something different. And I will sometimes even tell Tim, our owner, Tim, for a half hour a week, go ID some cards. I've actually said that to him. And the reason is I want him to always remember that not just as a CEO of the company, but the real purpose. And don't get me wrong. I get being a CEO is a full-time thing, but having a little bit of a hobby within your CEO thing never would have hurt either. Okay. Tell Tim that he should take a half hour to ID my cards. Yes. I'll tell him, I'll tell him especially your cards. Because my cards, I, I want them to be accurately identified, and he can have first dibs on all the Oral Hershiser cards. Yes. Oh, and uh, the Goran Dragic, too. And Goran Dragic, yeah. So, and when I'm getting but, these offers from Tim Getch with no spaces, 
I think you told me I he got like a lot of offers from Tim Getz because Tim loves WNBA cards. Oh yeah, he's young John Brogy. John oh, Brogy really? get that, and he Tim would buy a bunch of his WNBA cards. But you know, holidays we're going a little float. But we we talked a little about Secret Santa. I I've run two Secret Santas this year. I had little blips, but I've really enjoyed the interaction with the collectors. It's fun to see what people are interested. I think there's a joy for people getting cards for Christmas. And I think one of the things is that way back in the day, if somebody came in saying, I'm looking for cards for somebody for Christmas, it was almost like, okay, I, I've, I've got two suggestions if you really don't know what they want, a gift card or supplies, because you could always sell albums or pages or things people would use. And I said, this is totally safe. And if they don't want them, you can always return an album. You can always return the sheets. You, know? you worked for the company when I was there. You worked for the company after I was there. You worked for the bank. And now you work for ComC. Is there an appropriate way for a hobbyist to expect or enjoy holiday gift giving in a company? Obviously, if they're the bank, you might be the only collector. But at ComC, do they have some holiday traditions there? Or did we have some holiday traditions when I was there or after I was there that you thought that's a really good idea? Because the Secret Santa- We've grown so much at ComC. I, I don't know if the traditions could even exist anymore. One thing we used to do back in the day, we'll call it the card people. We used to gather two or three times a year at a person's house or apartment or townhouse or whatever, and basically just bring cards, buy, sell, trade for a night. And basically just hang out and we could trade among ourselves without any issues. It wasn't necessarily for the holiday, but it certainly was a nice way to deal with holidays. I talk about triple cards. They're doing the Secret Santa. They, this year, it's broken into adult and kids. And the price point's a little higher this year. When the party comes on December 16, I know I'll get something really good to play with on the 16th. And that'll be fine. Last year, I sat at the table and there were a bunch of people I knew at the table and they did a first class job and they, they got prizes, gifts from various card manufacturers and they brought food and drinks in. And it was a really nice party. I'm sure this year it'll be just as nice because Lauren's the owner and they have four stores now and there's a couple of affiliated stores. They have six stores to draw people from. So I'm just looking forward to being there. Hopefully I get something good, but. You know, I'm, I'm as much looking forward to being there and being with my fellow collectors as I am to seeing what I'm going to get. Okay. So you're giving something and what you get ought to be equivalent value. Right. And if and I'm going to assume it's going to be a little bit less only because I, I know what I get funny because I drew somebody who wanted Pokemon, which is fine. They had boxes when I went to the local store and I'd had some gift cards from some Retail survey places. I don't know if that's the right term, but there are places that do various research things for companies. And I had gift cards that paid for almost all of it. So I'm really not into it for very much. But the price of the boxes for the Pokemon cards were like, wow, this is just like sports cards. Yeah, but when you go uh, on December 16th, you're going to come back with some swag too, aren't you? Aren't you gonna- I'm going to come back with some swag. Oh, I'm gonna, I, what do you want? I said baseball, preferably heritage. So hopefully I come back with some heritage. Plus, I will buy, because it's supposed to come out that week, I believe either Heritage High or Heritage Miners comes out that week, so it won't be ready in time for me to get it as a gift, but I'll buy one when I go there. But the card companies will have some 
giveaway card companies knock on wood will be just as generous as they were last year. So why would somebody not do it then? It is not a cheap price point, but I, I think everybody should do something. You could always go into the kids' table, so to speak, if that price point was too high. But everybody, as long as you can afford it, should do it. In fact, I think that's one of the popularities of trade night is that the price of entry for trade night is actually fairly cheap. You're not setting up, not buying a table a lot of times at a show. Some people, I know the Dallas Card Show, buy the table in the Starlight Room because that's where the primary trade night is. But Friday night, there was an unofficial trade night that was just as robust. You could come to the show after the show, bring your stuff. Not that I recommend it. I would recommend you come to the show and you you support the show financially. Don't get me wrong. Kyle's putting out a lot of effort to run a good show. There was a robust trade night Friday and Saturday night. There was a robust show too. And I think they go hand in hand, right? I suppose you could have a trade night without a show or a show without a trade night, but the combination is wonderful. I know last year at the Beast where Triple holds the event, there was a trade night after the gift exchange and there was like a natural progression of people coming from the gift exchange to the trade show. It was really a busy night. It was wonderful meeting so many people. I recommend it on that level just to be with your collectors. It's a hobby and yet it's profitable. You're going to have a great memory. You're going to be with your hobby kinfolk and you're going to come back with more than you brought. You made somebody happy. They made you happy. Plus you got a little bit of frosting on top with something that you may have come back with. And it's definitely good. I'm proud of Lawrence and his uh, vision for growing the hobby, apparently one LCS at a time. <laughs> He's uh, collecting hobby shops and that's terrific because he's showing and, and Lawrence to his credit his family's run a fireworks business so he's used to franchising he's used to running many outlets most of us aren't used to running many outlets he is and i'm sure there're going to be bumps for him along the road but he understands how to run businesses for many outlets and each one's a little bit different the man-